Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think he's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. That OG real dream. All right, guys. This is the Legacy coming at you with a new series. We've had a lot of reach for teams that want to come on. So we want to do a team series we're not sure what we want to name this yet but i want to name it i don't know what do you think <laughs> the, naming it on the maybe, fly yeah maybe the team when series. this comes out we're gonna have a solid name but anyways uh, we have a lot of teams that reached out to us that want to come on that are creating contents content for listeners and viewers like you and this podcast is all about giving people exposure that doesn't get it. We're not reaching for celebrities. We're reaching for normal guys. So this is a great avenue for them to come on, spend some time with us, and get them some exposure when Facebook and Instagram are trying to put them down and limit their exposure. Um, we're going to be their voice to be able to say, hey, these guys are creating good content. We've weeded them out to the people that we <laughs> actually think do a good job and we actually enjoy their content, so we feel like our listeners and followers will also enjoy. With or without the AC on. Yeah, the AC is on in this <laughs> intro. It's still hot <laughs> as balls in Illinois. Um, getting into the content, uh, let's start with the VIP Veteran Broadhead shout-out. Or getting into the sponsors, not the content. I messed it up. Get with the VIP Veteran Broadhead shout-out. The shout heat's out. getting to you. Yeah. 
We want to start off with the VIP veteran broadhead shout out. I heard um, this week's shout out is Troy Collings. He joined the army in August of 2017. He's currently stationed in Germany. He's a 91 wheeled vehicle mechanic with H8 recovery operator. He just returned from a NATO training mission in Romania where he trained alongside other nations. Avid Hunter and will be switching to the veteran broadhead as soon as he returns stateside and he can hunt again. So, Troy, um, we appreciate your service and we definitely appreciate you um, going to try out the veteran broadhead this year. Uh, We won't say anything other than that, other than the broadhead will speak for itself. Yep. I love it when, uh, when like the reviews that the VIPs be getting it when it is a veteran on there talking about why they shoot the veteran. That's super cool. Gets me pumped up. I know. Um, they, they're Th- like a unity tribe. Those yeah. are the best. I mean, it's hard to beat those, but they, they feel like they talk to Matt. Uh, that's one thing Matt will call. You can call Matt, the owner and talk to him on the phone. Yep. Genuine guy. And they can, sh- they can hear the passion for veterans in his voice and hear the passion for building this product to make those successful hunts and memories. You know, he, he says he's making like a memory machine, you know, uh, he always, that's what he always says. Remember, have fun and, and, you know, and try to try to make as many memories you can. I don't know. I don't think I've ever talked to Matt and he said, and remember, make it fun. That's what he says. (laughs) You know what I mean? So he's, that's definitely at the forefront of his brain. Yeah. And, I know his phone number's out there. If you guys have any questions, you know, his number is relatively available. Yeah. Text it, him, man. Yeah. If, if, it's, if you guys can't find it, hit us up and we'll give it to you. Yeah. Because, you know, we know that he is, He values every customer and he wants to make the, the switch or the transition from whatever you're shooting to the veteran as smooth as possible. Or if you just have questions in general about yeah. whatever. I mean, he, he knows a lot. Yep. Let's get in the scent lock. One thing we didn't utilize last year that I'm going to try this year, I'm going to try some of their field wipes in the field. I feel like um, like if we hunt early season out of the auger wagon, mm-hmm. I think some field wipes might come in stat because that walk is pretty savage across that field. It is. Um, to really get in there and then wipe down again. And uh, I think it would be cool since we're both going if one of us could pack all our camo in, like the heavy camo, and then go in there, field wipe, and then throw our camo on. Yeah. And I was also thinking, I was like, how sick would it be if we could, like, get a solar panel with a plug-in, and then you just run the Oz Ooh. bag in there? <laughs> bag <laughs> you know? or, yeah. or, or a hundred? Yeah, you run the bag in there. I would say, know? if you run the bag in there, you might as well just bring a yeah. hundred with you. Yeah, that'd be sick. I don't know how long a solar panel but would charge a battery. <laughs> For sure. I would so. say, might be getting a little... Yeah, way out there, but you can still at least bring the wipes and and get on the handle outside the wagon. Yeah, because it's gonna be we're gonna be pretty it's, pretty wet. If we in get there. in there early season like we did Dude. last year, it's gonna be brutal. And I know we can get in there early season and be successful yeah. on a couple does. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into Ingram's outdoor obsession. I talked to Ingram; he's doing minimal four bucks a week, minimal. I know his page has been. Dude, fire. I seen a turkey head he was painting. Fire. Dude. Dude's cutting hog hairs and gluing it for the hair on the face. Nice. I mean, that's that's some detail work right there. I'm really excited to see what that's, he's coming out with. That's one thing I really Your turkey's enjoy. turkey's going to look primo <laughs> as shit, bro. I'm jealous. You're going to full re- body that? 
Yeah, on full body. You got to get it to where the spurs are showing. If you mount that thing strutted yeah. low with the nope. spur, I will. Nope. I will burn not, it. I will I'm, burn it. No, no. He's gonna be straight up uh, on gonna, a roost, or is he gonna be like yeah. in a field? Like he's, no, he's gonna be kind of full. He's gonna be on the roost, and his fans just gonna be straight out. But he's gonna be like perked up, turned to the left. Turn left. Is that what yeah. the wall hold is? Where well, are you putting it at? I don't know where I'm putting it at, but it's turned to the <laughs> it's left. It's turned to the left because I yeah. like left-handed turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. But I just, I just want his fan to be out to where oh, he, because it's kind of got a different coloration. You show that, show that booty. Yeah, show that booty he, fan. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> where it transitions to his back, he's got a little different coloration than the most Rios have. So he's got kind of a golden flake type deal. Ooh. So. I like that. Nice. So I'm just trying to get the full spread. Trying to show then, everything that he's got. Yeah. Trying to really show yeah. him off. I mean, really showcase yeah. the memory that that I should have went on, but moving on. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, I probably would have shot two birds if I would have went. Just saying. Embry <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> custom woodworkings. All your custom call needs. Um, I'm sitting here right now looking at the double sided call, the slate glass combo. Something you can get from Ingram Custom Woodworkings exclusively. Mm-hmm. Um, check that Only out. Only one ever. Yeah. Um, we hope you guys enjoy the show. All right, guys. Starting a new series here. We got Ryan from the Strut South TV and podcast. That's right, isn't it? That's right. All right, man. Uh, we we met through a mutual friend, Paul. Shout out, Paul. Uh, he listened to your guys' podcast, and he's like, hey, man, you guys – I listen to this podcast. You guys should get together. So uh, we got a North meets South, um, or Midwest meets South, I guess. Uh, I'm pretty excited to have you on and uh, get to talk to you other than Facebook Messenger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's. Um, I'm excited, too. I'm getting ready, getting geared up for deer season. It's, um, if I can take getting out in the heat every day. I might be able to get ready for it. Yeah, it's been brutal here. We've been mid-90s during the day, and I went and pulled stands off the lease. I lost uh, last weekend. It was like 92, I was and humidity was high. I was like, man, this is not the time of the year to be doing this, but it's got to be done. So I feel you, man. I know it's probably way hotter down there where you guys are at, so I can only imagine trying to prep and food plot and all that. I was like, Paul, let's us know every day what the temp is. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Yeah, like what's what's the uh, what do y'all get? Do y'all get up in the nineties up there? I'm sure. Oh you do. yeah, yeah. We get nineties, hundreds. Uh, high humidity is our thing. It feels like you're taking a shower when you walk outside, and that's. Oh yeah, yeah. It it could be eighty five, but feel like one hundred one. Yeah. Right. Anytime, anytime right now. So. Yeah. That's probably probably the worst thing about here is every single day it it gets that hot. It gets like. It's ninety ninety five every single day from, I'd say the first of June till, maybe into middle of September. Man, yeah. that's brutal. Yeah, Paul sent a snap. That. It'd be like seven oh five. It'd be like ninety three on the dashboard. <laughs> Bro, what are you doing? Yeah, I could not do <laughs> that. I could tell you. Let's see what time it is. What's the temperature here right now? It's eighty degrees now, and it's. No, it's ten. It's almost ten p.m. Wow. Well, hell, y'all probably so. probably ready for a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, we don't get much cold, but when we do, it's nice. So, where are y'all at in Georgia? 
we are about middle ways down, you know, I would say, let's see, I'd say like 80 miles south of Atlanta, like south east of Atlanta or southwest. I'm sorry. We're like halfway down the state right beside Alabama. Nice. I lived in Georgia for about two months when I was a kid. It was brutal. I caught a lot of bass, though, out oh, of some did? ponds down there. Yeah, I didn't even know you were down there. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, went to school there for about two months, um, close to Atlanta. It was so hot, so hot. <laughs> I remember my mom's car didn't have AC. It was so Ooh. brutal, terrible. Bro, look <clears throat> at all them giant deer you could have killed if you had just stayed yeah. down there. Just being suburban, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we wanted to have yes. you on and. Uh, talk about strut south and then also talk about uh you know the difference in and north and south honey but i want to start off with strut south kind of break it down uh when you guys started it why you started it and what it's all about yeah um well really like i would say it was probably seven maybe eight years ago we kind of started it and uh, it was really just some buddies getting together, wanting to go hunting and try to video it, you know. And it was me, Justin, and another guy. Y'all haven't met him or talked to him yet, but his name's Peyton Frew. And it was really us three, and we kind of started doing stuff, and we're just hunting and trying to video our stuff. But we really didn't get serious about it. Wish we would have, because I think like the – Definitely the YouTube and the, the podcast boom kind of happened probably, I'd say, two or three years ago in the hunting world anyway. And um, But we kind of got started with it then, and then we finally started getting serious about, I'd say, within the last two years. And um, that's just how it started. We just wanted to, a bunch of buddies get together and have fun and go hunting and try to show everybody the way that we do it and uh i mean because we do it is just like everybody else does you know that has a job and works 50 60 70 hours a week and just try to be as real as we can yeah i've really i really like your guys' content like the podcast like the youtube um me and homie talk about all the time it's cool to see people that are in you know the trade or whatever we're the same people we're just miles apart and we're just chasing deer the same you know and uh right the same but different like you said you know there's a lot of different tactics that you guys use and um i mean you guys like paul's like oh i don't get out of a lightweight suit all year i'm like this blows my mind man i'm up (laughs) here i got six layers on start out in a medium suit yeah you don't even touch a medium suit all year So it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. You know, miles apart, we're still chasing the same creature, but um, it's just way, way different in so many, so many aspects. But so you guys got the Strut South TV, but then you started a podcast. So how long ago did you get in the podcast game? Uh, we started the podcast it really like exactly one year ago. I started it. I would say it was, yeah, it was the first of June last year. So, and, uh, the reason that we wanted to start it is, which, I mean, I was really hooked personally myself. I was really hooked on podcast and I would say maybe two or three years ago, there really wasn't, at least I didn't know of, I didn't know of many 
like hunting podcast out there and I found a few and I was just hooked, just loved listening to them and talked to the guys. And I was like, man, we really should try to do a podcast, you know, and I kind of took it on and, and now here we are a year later and it's, it's fun and it's going good. Yeah, it, it's always nice when you find a good, you know, hunting podcast that you really enjoy. It kind of touches on everything that you want them to touch on. But, you know, and you'll kind of start listening to the last couple, and then you'll be like, okay, yeah, this is pretty decent. And then you'll kind of cherry pick the ones that, you know, kind of pertain to the style that you hunt or something that interests you that you haven't done that you're maybe thinking about doing. And then you're just like, well, to hell with it, you know. I'm going to start all the way back at episode one. And, mm-hmm. you know, th- then when you get all caught up and you're like, man, I really enjoyed that, you know, now, now what do I do? <laughs> now what do I do? Because you just yeah. been binge listening all day at work or on your com- right. mor- morning and afternoon <laughs> commute from work. So when you get all caught up, you're just like, well, what do I do now? And, you know, I don't know how many, we've, we've had quite a few messages of people doing that and getting caught up and they're like, uh, yeah, just started episode one and got caught up, you know, what do I do now? I'm just like, uh, you're gonna have to wait till Wednesday at 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing yeah, we like the to, same thing. One thing we would like to say about podcasts is it's really hard to get a guy on the phone, like in normal life, not podcasting for an hour or 50 minutes and mm-hmm. connect with them, you know, and, uh, we get to meet people all over the United States and, and we learn a ton from people just talking to them on the on podcast so uh we started for the same reasons you know we just we really like podcast <clears throat> there wasn't one like ours out there that didn't have you know celebrities on had just normal guys that nobody knows about um so i told homie i said bro let's just do it and we didn't know anything you know what i mean but we figured it out just like you guys did and uh and here we are we're talking to another podcast from yeah. Georgia. And you asked this a year ago, I'd be like, no, no way this is happening. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah it's super yeah. cool to yeah. make the connections. And then like I said, we've been messaging on Facebook and, and creating a friendship because we were podcasters, you know what I mean? So this never, this friendship never, we would never would have talked to you from Georgia if we nope. didn't have podcasts because together. Just because we wouldn't have met Paul yeah. and then we wouldn't have heard about your podcast, maybe on a very slim chance during a right. iTunes search. Yeah. We would have found, right. you know, under deer hunting or something, maybe would have found you guys. Um, so while we're on the topic of, you know, your guys' podcast, um, you want to cover like, you know, some people that you guys have talked to that some people might, you know, hear or, or at least know about and want to, want to listen into. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I really, we kind of, we kind of have that same theme as you guys. Like, we just want to talk to anybody and everybody on there. And just like you said, I mean, one of the things that I, that I saw, that's like the coolest thing I find in podcast is you, you get that network, that networking from it. You know, you get to meet people and talk to people that otherwise you probably never would have even heard from or knew anything about. Um, but we've had, um, a lot of a lot of my guests are really probably more known in the turkey hunting world because I mean I think that's where my my biggest passion is in turkey hunting but I do love deer hunting almost just as much <laughs> but 
we've had a lot of guys from the grand national calling competitions. We've had several of those guys, um, had, uh, Steve Stoltz. He used to work way back in the day with jury outdoors. Uh, recently, just yesterday, we came out with a new episode. It had Mark Drury on there and we talked to him. Um, we kind of just, kind of just hit around the, kind of hit the whole gambit of, you know, all kind of styles and whatnot. So, yeah, I definitely like all you guys' turkey content on YouTube. Um, you know, one thing that Cody and I had kind of lacked here in our, in our filming days is had been a drone. And I know you guys always kind of try to open with a drone shot and I'm just like, Oh man, that looks so badass. And, you know, I can't wait to have one. And so we finally got one. So, um, we had, we had talked to Steve Soltz for a couple hours here, um, late October, early November last year. So, you know, um, Steve's a great guy. He knows a lot. And, um, they were launching the Whitetail Tech app. So, oh, yeah. Um, you know, great. A whole bunch of knowledge in there. And then um, I know you guys had Caleb Copeland on. Um, yeah. For, from Redneck Tech Podcast. Uh, Cody and I were able to be guests on his show. Uh, we haven't quite secured a, a date for him to come on our show, but we had definitely agreed upon it. And I know when September rolls around, he's going to be, you know, diehard elk hunting because that's what he definitely loves to do. So um, definitely check out episode for Caleb on your guys' feed because, you know, he dives into if you guys are in, wondering about, you know, anything filming-wise, he definitely covers it there. Yeah, yeah, that was a really good one. Caleb's a good dude. Um, we actually had the luxury of uh, getting a chance to hang out with him. This was several years ago. It was right before we really got serious. And uh, the guy that I mentioned before, Peyton, he, um, he had – met Caleb I can't remember how but like that's kind of how we had the connection with him and we just knew him and he knew us and he was able to come down and hang out with us one day and he showed us all kind of stuff man that it was just cool like showing us how to get certain angles and ways to, just different ways to film stuff and it was really cool yeah I would say dude in a day a day with Caleb would just be like mind-blowing to be like just to try to like secure it down and really learn it and remember it. I mean, because just so much stuff that he knows, it'd just be mind blowing to try to retain. Yeah. Like, man, I, you, you talking to, you talking to old redneck down here in Georgia. <laughs> and, uh, when I was talking to him, which I mean, he's, he lives down here with me too, but he's, he's actually a little, I think he lives a little further South than I do, but he, um, when I did that podcast with him, man, I I, didn't, I was just listening. I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> it's about like all our podcast goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just here listening. <laughs> yeah, just in here listening. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you went for it, man. A lot of people are scared. to. We get messages a lot. Oh, I want to start a podcast. You know, I'm going to start building a brand. And we always say, if we can do it, you can do it. Just yeah. start figuring out YouTube, listen to other podcasts, see how they flow, create your own. And 
like we say, it takes time to grow and and figure this out and get a flow. And sometimes me and homie still stutter, but it's just our personality. We we're not, you know, we're not meant to do this. You know, we're not. <laughs> you know, we weren't born to be podcasters. It's just something that we want to do. So it takes time to perfect the art of bullshitting good enough to make a make a episode flow. You know, and and even yeah. you, you guys, just like Cody was saying, you know, just about your guys' podcast. The mo- the thing we get the most messages about is you know the filming aspect because these guys are worried about you know going out there and trying to like you know produce a TV show or something that's going to look like a TV show and you know you're not going to be able to do that or they're worried about having all this film and not being able to turn it into something that anybody's going to want to watch so you know for you guys to be you know doing the the filming a- aspect of it and the podcast you know side of it so. Um, definitely glad you guys are, are head over heels into it. And, you know, I, I've enjoyed a lot of you guys' YouTube content. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Um, and we're, I mean, we're definitely, especially that's what I was going to say was, you know, we're kind of slacking right now as far as YouTube content for one hard, reason. Man. It is yeah, super hard, dude. Biggest reason right now is 100 degrees every day, and we <laughs> it's it's hard to get out there. Which I mean, right now it's not really there's really not a whole lot to do right now anyway. What you what y'all should have did is strapped a GoPro on Paul's rake the other day because that would have been epic video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that uh, he was doing that. I actually I actually did that too. I didn't do it to the extent that Paul did. Um, for all for everybody out there listening, what they're talking about, Paul was. Paul apparently we needed like half of an acre or something like that and yeah. uh, made him a food plot and all that. I didn't do it. I, w- I didn't get that deep into it, but I, I weeded me out of spot. It was a spot that I had and uh, couldn't get a tractor across on some other side of a creek. And um, I just went over there and planted some stuff just to see what it would do because it's always been a real sandy spot. And it's always been kind of hard to get stuff going on that place. So I did that, and it's, it's coming up decent. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since I checked cams on it, so I need to get back over there and check that. Yeah, so get to checking cams, I mean, let's get into uh, the difference in hunting, you know. Uh, I want to start off with, like, one, one of you two had hunted the Midwest before, correct? That's right, yeah, uh, we did. Uh, me and Justin and Peyton, we all three went. And hunted in uh, Missouri. What and part of Missouri? I, we were in. It was North Missouri. We were like, I want to say we were about twenty miles, or either twenty minutes, or something like that, just south of Iowa. Nice. Um, yeah. So you're in good place, country. Yeah. Yeah. The place we were staying, um, I want to say it was Albany, Missouri. Um, I think that's the name of the little town we were staying in, and. Um, it was awesome, man. It was, uh, I mean, cause you, if you, if you think about it from our perspective, we, we had never been out of Georgia hunting anywhere, you know? And so we went up there and it was just, it was unreal. Was it what you expected or how no, was it? Actually the, the hunting was, was actually not great. It was actually pretty poor. Um, we may have had been a, we may have had better success down here if we'd have stayed here because uh, typically the only yeah the reason why was and it looked like it was going to line up perfect. We were going up there 
it was like the last week of October. So it was right around that Halloween period. And, um, we were looking at the weather, you know, days and weeks leading up to the trip. And it was like temperatures was going to be in like the highs were supposed to be in the forties. And we were like, Oh man, this is going to be epic, man. And we get up there and the weather forecast was wrong. And the day we got up there, the front was leaving. So, and it was like 80 degrees for the highs every day. And it was pretty, it's pretty rough. Yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah. But it was still fun, though. I mean, it was, it was really fun to get to see all that country up there and especially get to eat the food that they had up there. They, they got some good food up there in Missouri where we stayed. So I think you got good, good food down in the south. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, what you, I what you're a, not norm to, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love food anyway. So, yeah, me too, man. I eat about anything as long as it ain't got peanut butter in it. I'm game. What? I don't, yeah. I don't know. Peanut butter? Yeah. I no, say we might just have to cut this like show off butter? right here. <laughs> no, no peanut butter. Other than that, I'm good to go. Wow. Peanut butter That's... and tea. I'm out. You don't like tea? Unless it's wow. mango tea from Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. Uh, but if it's, I don't know if you you wouldn't be able to live down. Here, I wouldn't man. be able to live down there, bro. That's all you guys <laughs> drink is tea. I know. I don't know. I grew up in and southern Missouri, unsweet. man. I just. I just don't. I just peanut don't. butter. Not, no, I'm out. Not unsweet. Unsweet tea. The best way to drink that is to pour it down the sink. Yeah. Any um, tea. I don't know. When I'm dieting, that unsweet tea is hitting the spot. <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll drink a gallon of that. <laughs> I will say, I don't know if your listeners out there, I don't know if anybody lives close to that town or whatever, but I, and I can't remember the name of that little restaurant we ate at to save my life, but. We went to this place, and we got done hunting one morning, and the guy we were staying with um, that invited us up, he's like, y'all want to go get some breakfast? And we were like, well, hell yeah. And um, so we go, and he's like, y'all got to go here. We got to try the Y'all got to see these pancakes that they make. And I was like, okay. And uh, so we get there, and the waitress is taking our order, and I'm like, let me get two pancakes. And she's like, are you sure? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. Like, how big can they be? Right. And she's like, mm, I don't think you're gonna be able to eat two, but we'll get you, we'll get you two. I'm like, okay. And she brought these pancakes out, and they were as big as a tennis racket, each one of them. And they were like half an inch thick. And I was like, oh my god. And needless to say, I didn't finish them, but they were delicious. <laughs> Yeah, you get to some of that Midwest cooking. It's pretty good, man. I just went to the diner Thursday morning. I took off work and went there with the boys. It's hard to beat that small diner breakfast, man. Yeah. I would say on my first out-of-state trip, I was just in Oklahoma this past spring, you know, chasing turkeys, and um, we got offered to go to this literally like one-room steakhouse, the most mom-pop thing you've ever seen in western Oklahoma, and – the ribeye on there was it was like a forty dollar meal, and I was like, "To hell with it! I'm on, I'm on, you know, kind of vacation. You know, I'm, I'm gonna go all out." And was not disappointed. The best ribeye that I ever had in my life, and it kind of just ruined ribeyes for the rest of my life. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to I go think, back to the middle of Oklahoma. Nowhere. I, know. I think the I think my favorite, the best thing about the trip to Missouri that we had was Casey's, the, oh. the store. 
Oh, dude, Tracy's is killer, bro. Breakfast pizza, man. Yeah, put it down. Oh, man. There's multiple epic. people on this podcast that swear Casey's pizza. Mm-hmm. Shout out Jesse and Matt is how you kill big bucks in the Midwest. Yeah, in camo. <laughs> Got to go to Casey's or... and get the pizza grease on your fingers. You're gonna shoot a 150 guaranteed. <laughs> or the donuts. Yeah, donuts were epic. Donuts, yeah, killer. I stop at Casey's yeah. daily. I'm a gas station stopping oh, mofo. You are. You are. <laughs> I wish. I wish we had a Casey's. I wish we had Casey's down here. They need to. They need to relocate. Yeah, listen or up, ex- Casey's. Come on, man. Hit the south. <laughs> Hit the south up. They want you down there, but. So, uh, how was that? Was a fun little BS session. That right was. There, that yeah. was pretty good. Uh, let's let's get into what the way you guys hunt in the south. Kind of break down your tactics. Um, and then I think we'll like kind of base it off. We'll kind of throw in how we would or wouldn't do that up here to kind of get the difference. Okay. Um, I mean, really, I think, I don't know if we do anything like drastically different than anybody else. I think the biggest thing with hunting down here is it's a little bit tougher to find deer. Well, not deer, but it's a little tougher to find I'd say I hit less buck. Um, we definitely have them, but the only problem is there's so much timber and it's so thick that it just makes your, like your, your strategy for getting in there and finding them has to be a little more intense, I would say. Um, but aside from that, I mean, we, we do probably just like anybody else does and we go out and put our cameras out and, which, which actually may be somewhat of a hindrance. I don't know because you have to get in. You have to get in the woods with them. And I know a lot of times people, especially like in the Midwest, you may not hunt the timber too much um, because you just get on the edge of it. But that's kind of what we do. We just go in and which actually here, it's actually a game changer. Um, a couple of years ago, well, actually right before last year they legalized baiting so that changes that changed things a little bit but as far as the tactic of finding the deer still was still the same and get in there put out cameras find the deer maybe put in a food plot if you need one Um, but that was that's i would say that's the biggest difference from the south to midwest is there's probably not as much open terrain for food plots and stuff like that how's the hunting pressure down here does like or does like everybody hunt or is it you know just you know like around Mm. here we work in like a construction trade and i feel damn it (laughs) homie homie hit the outlet just for the (laughs) listeners to know that's the weird skip so what i said was what did i say you got me all confused here. <laughs> the hunting pressure down there. Yeah, the hunting pressure. Yeah. How is the hunting pressure? We hunt a construction trade, and I feel like three quarters of the people we work with don't hunt. Maybe more. I mean, mm. we, have, we have those occasional gun hunters. Yeah. But to find somebody in it like, you know, like we us, are, it's yeah. pretty slim. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's probably about the same. It may be a little worse down here, but now that you said that, it made me think about my job and everybody that I work with, there's like, I hunt and then one of my bosses hunts and none of the rest of them hunt. And that's probably 
at least 30 plus employees that work there. So I don't know what that percentage is, but two out of 30. Yeah. That's kind of like <laughs> and, us. Uh, like, I mean, we work but, in the construction trade and you think half, at least half would hunt and like yeah. to talk hunting, you got to like find the right guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's only right, a few guys right. you can really start breaking stuff down with. Yeah. But, but then, but then I think about like, the road that I live on, I could drive two miles down the road and basically every other household has a hunter in it. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would say like 50%, you, you said kind of like three quarters of the people don't hunt. Maybe, I don't know. But I guess we do have a lot of hunters. I guess it just depends on the social um yeah i feel like where i live where, like yeah. over half of my town's hunters but where you live no yeah nobody you know like <laughs> maybe three people like where homie lives maybe like three people hunt like nobody gets jacked up about deer in their backyard like i do yeah <laughs> you know but like I mean? where i hunt i feel like like my neighbor's got the deer hanger still in the tree you know what i mean <laughs> right? so oh, yeah yeah i think everybody kind of feels that way which i do too i mean i always Everywhere I'm hunting, I'm like, man, I just hope. Well, I mean, actually, come to think of it, every property that I have hunted on, the neighboring property has hunters too. So yeah, that is one thing about us. If you find a if you find a property that ain't got a hunter on it, you found something primo around here. I mean, every yeah, every piece of shit. Do you have a lot of hunt clubs around you? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say necessarily like around my property that I hunt, but as far as like in the three or four counties that I hunt in, there's a ton of hunting clubs. Yeah. So that's Um, something that we don't have a lot of. I've heard of a few of them, but they're pretty, they're more like, like a place you can go camp in and swim in and then they offer hunting, but not a lot of people hunt it, you know? So it's not, it's not like strictly a hunt club. I think that would actually be pretty cool. It it would be challenging, but it'd be cool to have that like group of guys connection that you could all hang out and you know come back to camp and well I seen this and I seen this so I think I think that's something that we wish we had more of up here. Yeah, yep. I mean, we do we do have a lot of there are a lot of hunting clubs. Um, and another thing I was going to say was I think the biggest reason no matter how many people, I mean, I guess we'll never know exactly how many people are hunting, but I think our biggest problem is our, our gun season. That's, that's our issue is it doesn't like, it doesn't matter how many people are hunting. Our gun season is so long that people can kind of just go hunting whenever they want to. And, um, that's, that's our biggest problem is our gun season, which I love that our gun season is long. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Paul was telling us about that, that it was yeah. super long. Like, I mean, could, it's it's yeah. like almost three months or something. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, gun, it, gun season usually starts, well, actually, if you count muzzleloader season, I'm thinking about rifle, but muzzleloader opens like second week of October. Then the next week, rifle opens. So third week of October is rifle season. That's the start. And then it goes all the way to the end of the season, which is January 10th or 15th or whatever it is. 
Oh my gosh, man. I'm surprised you have any deer lives. I'm not <laughs> right? kidding. Yeah. That's insane to me. That just blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. Well, I, but I think the biggest reason that we do still have deer is because, which I don't know how it is up there, but I know like for y'all, well, actually, no, I mean, it kind of makes sense because y'all's gun seasons don't last very long. We yeah, have, we got six days. Right? We have total of yeah. eleven days with a firearm, whether it be shotgun or muzzleloader. Yeah, right, right. So, kind of makes sense that. Which I mean, I, I don't. I've never hunted with a gun up in the Midwest, but from what I've seen, is this basically every piece of property just gets smashed with hunters. Oh yeah, up there during the gun season, they yeah. call they don't call the Orange Army for nothing, <laughs> yeah. man. Like and, right, you know they're not just sitting in a tree. You know they're usually driving or you know walking mm-hmm. a piece trying to spark Pushing. something up. Yep. You know they might sit yes. till like eight o'clock, but after eight o'clock, <laughs> you better hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I don't think we have that problem here because Your because the rock so season lasts so long. Yeah, people can just be like, ah, eh, you know, I got till. I got till halfway through January. I'll just go next weekend or I'll just go then or, you know. Or it's just flat out too damn hot right now to be, be yeah. hunting in Georgia with a gun. Yeah. Which actually, I mean, once it gets October, that's when it starts getting tolerable to hunt. Like where you can actually sit. I would say probably midways, about the time the rut hits. Usually by November, we might have had a day or two in the 30s. Nice. When when Maybe. does your rut normally happen? Uh, I would say about the same time y'all do, like first second week of November, something like that. You see, th- th- that's one thing that really intrigues me because, like, I'll hear about some counties in you know, like Alabama or you know, maybe even Arkansas, that like. There'll be the beginning of December, and then you'll hear about a county that's like two counties over, and it'll be the beginning of January. It's like Texas. The east and the right. west yeah. is like completely like, different. Oh, it's the first week of February. Right. I'm like, what the hell is that even doing? Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. it's just so sporadic, but it's kind of cool to hear that you guys are like the same time we are, you know, that like Halloween to Thanksgiving, that's when the shit's yeah. going down, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say... But it, but it is like that, even here where I'm at. Like, it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Sporadic. It's very localized um, or sporadic. Because, like, I can have a property. I actually had a property a couple years ago. I had a giant deer that I was hunting on one of these properties. We could get into that later if y'all want to. But um, this county that the big deer was on, it was on the north end of the county that I live in. And I had another small piece that I hunted that was all the way on the south side of the county. But both counties, like, but well, both properties were different. The county, the, the property close to my house that I hunted in the south side, it seemed like the rut, you know, hit just right. Like, basically about November 10th through the 15th was when it was going to be on. But then up there, it was December the 1st. Wow. Like first week of December. So Yeah. We had a property here that one was on fire um like the first and second, third, fourth November and the other one wasn't till like the tenth through the fifteenth to the fifteenth and they're literally two miles apart. Yeah. So mm. that just shows you I mean, I think it's got a lot of dough a lot to do with your age structure, does, um, you know, the 
the maturity, like the, what I want to say, I want to say like the, the breeding rights of the does, you know what I mean? Like you got your primary doe groups that get all the good food, got the good bucks, you know, and then you got your subpar doe groups. I think we got a subpar doe group. You think so? Yeah. I mean, we got that piebald doe. I know that's considered a, a non, you know, a non good trait. So this is my really good podcast speaking coming out. (laughs) Non good. You know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like it, I think those does are younger age. You doe think that group. doe family group is? Yeah, I think they're okay. subpar. That's of what, why we're getting the later. That's why we're trickle, getting the low. Maybe. Yeah, and I think that the reason that is is because they don't really have the most prime bedding. They got decent food, but I think that I think they the got further really the further south, I think that is the prime bedding. So yeah. I think that yeah. the does that are pushed up there are like. And it t- also takes a while for the bucks to get up there. I think. I, th- I think where that. Yeah. I think where that farm is located. I think there's so much prime food. It's hard to choose. Yeah. But I think that they are getting you know ran off for the prime bedding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I think like with down here, the the determination of the rut, we all know is is photo period. How many daylight hours are in a day? But it, the thing about the biggest reason that it's so different in different spots down here is like the South, like especially Georgia and Alabama. I'm not sure about every other state. I'm not very well equipped to really talk about this, but I will. Um, they moved deer in down here cause we used to not really have a great deer population and they moved deer from like, I think they moved some from like Ohio, Missouri, several other states and they just ship deer in and that kind of it still to this day determines that lineage i guess it still kind of has an effect on deer down here i bet you so. the first deer were like where are the acorn trees at bro i'm, I'm just looking for an acorn it's all i want <laughs> like it's october oh, we got first of them. yeah we got plenty of acorns down here oh you do oh, oh they're nice. acorns oh, yeah. they're acorns acorns, acorns. Oh, yeah. i know when you go <laughs> yeah. further south they pretty much get obsolete so but i didn't know there was a yeah. lot of acorn trees in, in georgia that's cool oh yeah they are man white oaks we got them for days nice which is actually another reason, like you said, you know, how do we hunt? That's pretty much the best thing to do is if you got a big piece with a lot of timber on it, you can find some white oaks, you better hunt them because they're going to hit, which I mean, there's acorns everywhere or acorns. I don't know which, <laughs> <laughs> which one I was supposed to say, but say acorns yeah, they're, they're is way yeah. cooler. Yeah, I say they're everywhere. That's the biggest problem is the acorns are everywhere. So, the deer don't have to go far to get food. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what, you know, as Cody and I are figuring out this thing of, you know, really trying to be tactical with our deer hunting. Um, them, them acorn trees aren't far from where they're bedding. And, you know, that's why nice. we see the, that's why we see the decline in trail cam pictures, you know, late September, early October, when that first acorn crop really comes in and falls. So, um, they literally it, leave a bean field to hit acorns. Yeah, and, it's just, and and then I mean, you still have a, a bean field, you know, kind of turning at that point from you know that that yellow or from that green to the yellow, and then obviously into the brown when the rut comes in. But um, you know, it, it just depends on how aggressive you want to be with your piece, how early, if you can identify where the acorns are going to fall, 
that time because we've seen on trail cam they'll hit an acorn spot and then in three days all the acorns are gone and there will be nothing on cam and there'll be literally fire you know 500 yards south where they're falling again so i mean there'll be like 10 deer on trail cam 10 different you know Three or four, five different bucks, a bunch of different doe groups coming through, yep. just hammering for three, four days, and then boom, they're moving on. They've done hit all that they can. And that then, came as dry, and then the can that was dry is now where the acorns have fallen, and it's just you should have been there now. Yeah, and yeah. it's only right before October. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to where we can't do anything about it. We just get to watch it on trail cam, like, well, we got to go over here. This is where we need to be, and then boom, yeah. it happens. We're yep. like, could have killed yeah. all these bucks. I, and I think. I think that's one thing that's a benefit for you guys. Like y'all's y'all's seasons are so distinguished, I guess, or like, like there's such an exclamation point on every season. Like yeah. y'all have more of a fall than we do. And y'all have more of a winter than we do. And, but like, cause here, like you'll still, I mean, it'll be raining acorns in December. Wow. Yeah. That's, that would yeah. be tough, man. If it was raining acorns in December here, it would be extremely hard to kill, I feel like. Because, I mean, like you said, Midwest hunts a lot of field edges. That's something me and homie don't do. But a lot of our friends are very successful mm-hmm. on field edges. Just me, yeah. and, me and homie hunt the timber because we don't have the opportunity to hunt field edges on a lot of properties. Or, you know. Because they're so small, we don't have it. Yeah, you know? it's just field edges that are, like, promising that could be close to bedding. Yeah. And we don't have the opportunity to go in there and create bedding for them to just, you know, pop out, you know, yeah. 150 yards from their bed. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's I mean, tough. <laughs> there's been multiple people on here, Midwest, you know, shooting 190s right off a field edge in November. Yeah. I've never shot a buck, a mature buck, off a field edge. It just, mm. it just. Homie shot one during shotgun season on a yep. field, and that's it. Yep. So, I mean, it just, it's just not something that we do. Everything else is in bedding. We hunt the bedding, you know. We're trying to get <laughs> yeah. in there. Or we're, we're hunting the doe bedding, you know. Or we're way out on the fringe in October and, right. just, you know, yeah. not get a shot. Or we're nothing. just like, we're out on the fringe <laughs> hoping for a miracle to happen. And yeah. sometimes miracles walk by me on October 15th. I don't know why. But, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of the toughest thing about here is finding beds because, I mean, they can bed anywhere they want to, but... Yeah, that's one thing. Uh, Like, if you find a really, really (laughs) thick timber, you found something around here because you get those oaks. If you can find something that's been logged in the last few years or something, you can find something that's really thick, but a Mm -hmm. lot of times you got that walnut, oak, um, mature timber. Like, if you can find a hedge timber, it's thick, but then you're like, well, there's no food here. You know, because it's a hedge timber. So, right. I feel like you need a mix, and that's what our old lease had was it was a mix of like really thick spots and then open spots of acorns, and then really thick spots on little creek jaws, and then open. So, uh, and that's exactly where the does bedded. Like I told homie, I said, "There's two or three does that bed in here every year," and walk in and, there two or three does and then i was like there's yeah. always unmature bucks that bed right here go in there unmature bucks i mean you just you figure it out but then you're like the mature bucks don't bed here i don't know where they bed but we yeah. we, we figured then, it out eventually and then they cruise to their checking um, the doe bedding at night yeah. on cam <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so he was like okay well yeah. i'm gonna put a stand up here and then you know when the rut comes we should be in the money and no. then the rut comes and 
you yeah. still you only have one one shooter in daylight <laughs> on a wrong wind. But one thing that I want to get into is you know, um, like we said before, we are mutual friends with Paul. We kind of got to follow his turkey season, um, you know, through Snapchats and. Your guys' woods or, you know, timber blocks are just so thick and really, like, leafy. Like, that, that mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm going to call it. There's just a bunch of giant leaves, especially when you're hunting on the ground out of ground blind. So, um, you know, for us, Cody and I, you know, we try to literally get, you know, 20 feet up in the tree because we're not used to that ground blind game. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, if you could elaborate on how you guys go about you know, maybe picking a tree or a ground blind set just because the, the woods is so much, you know, we think it's thick up here, but when you see a video from down there, you're like, that's a whole nother ball game. So kind of dive into that. Yeah. Um, me personally, I, I don't like hunting out of a ground blind. Um, I would much rather be up in the tree. Um, but it's not, I mean, we still get 20 foot. I mean, sometimes you can, I mean, However high you need to get, that's how high you get. I mean, if you can only get 10 foot high, if that's where you know you need to be, then you just got to try to make 10 foot high work, you know. But I don't, um, I don't, it's not really that big of an issue as far as not being able to see. I mean, we, we still, we can still see a little bit, but I, I think that's kind of like our mindset, though, you know. If we get up in the tree and we're like, oh man, it's so thick, like I got shot here here and here and that's it but we might be like okay well that's good because this is where the deer are gonna be you know mm-hmm. but um i mean i don't know I, I don't really i do like hunting out of the ground blind but i just don't very much and see it just um, might be it, might, it just might be something you guys you know kind of grew up got used to but man i guarantee if cody and i went down there and you're like all right well you got this window here here and here and we we literally look at it from the stand and we're like, yeah, that's not gonna work. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no. Damn I need way. a hell of a shooting lane, bro. <laughs> yeah. My well, arrows like to well, curve. Think, well, like down here though, like if you can see, and even for, I, let me think about this for a second. For for turkeys, I guess for deer too, it would be the same for deer and turkeys. Um, like down here, there are. There are places, a lot of places actually, where you can get into some woods and you can see through the woods for, you know, 200, 300 yards. But if you see that, like you're not going to see a deer or a turkey, um, especially a turkey. A turkey ain't going to walk through some woods. This, If he can see two or 300 yards across there through the woods, then you're probably not going to be able to call him up to you. Um because they can already see you. I mean, they can already see that far, so they know, they know there's no need to walk over there. But I think that's the same for deer too. They just if there is a spot like that where you can see that far. They're not gonna they're not gonna be out in the open like that. Yeah, we have that same problem. We got real open timber, and the deer just vacate it. Man, they do not they do not like it at all. Um, to even walk through it same thing with turkeys man it's hard to call them in in that open timber yeah i don't know why i mean they come across the open field but the open timber i don't know if they feel like there's more stuff maybe a coyote to hide in or something but they i just, just i just feel like they think they should see more in the open timber than they're seeing like 
it might take them a minute because your decoys aren't moving or whatever. So I just feel like they feel like they should see a hen, you know, 200 yards away on the hillside and they don't because your decoy is not moving where a hen would be, up yeah. there, you know, feeding or scratching or, you know, whatever she's going to be doing up there. Yeah. I'll tell you at least. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but I don't, I don't even know how to kill turkeys here in Illinois. So don't, don't take anything I say for, for stone. <laughs> I thought I was a good turkey hunter until this year. <laughs> I'll tell you what, these turkeys down here, they, uh, they will walk through some stuff that a deer don't even think about walking through. Um, and that's, it's kind of hard to imagine, but turkeys, turkeys like thick stuff too. And I think a lot of folks don't realize that. Yeah. That's kind of like how my, my private piece is set up is, you know, it's got a, just a giant ravine and it's kind of the middle woods that extends through the whole property. And, there's a there's a guaranteed roosting site like i mean cody got to see it firsthand this year yeah and that's good yeah that i mean it's fire and if we were able to hunt past 1 p.m um i feel like i would be way more successful just because i'd be able to set set up on that roosting site because i mean it, i don't know how many people have roosting sites you know set up like that but this one is just guaranteed money. Um, <laughs> it's guaranteed, you know, birds are going to be there every morning. It's just like when we go in there in the mornings to hunt, it's going to be a 50-50 coin flip to whether they fly down to the west or they fly down to the east. And, yeah, you know, this past year they flew down to the east and we picked the west. So uh, we tried to make a move on them and I actually got to try to reap one for the first time. So that was pretty cool. But, you know, just with you guys there and your guys' terrain, is, is it mostly flat there? Or do you guys have any, you know, elevation changes? Mm, yeah, I mean, there's it's, it's hilly. It's not, I wouldn't say it's as hilly as North Georgia, which I'm not North Georgia. But with mm-hmm. me living in Georgia, I always hear about North Georgia being really hilly and stuff, which, I mean, now, when, when we... We went up there and hunted Missouri. Y'all got some hilly. Y'all got some hills too, and some and some big old uh, deep bottoms. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, I mean, terrain here is nothing to shake a stick at. It's it's not the greatest, but I mean, it's still something that you you're gonna have to account for. And you know, if you come up here, especially deer hunting, we do have the pinches and you know the funnels that everybody talks about. You know, in the Midwest for the giant deer to be running during the rut and it is something you have to look at, but yeah. Um, you know, as, as far as turkey hunting goes, I mean, you, you try to set up on a field edge and you never know what, what'll happen. But I, I just know down there for you guys, man, dude, that stuff is so thick. I wouldn't even know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they still, Turkey still, they'll do Turkey stuff. I guess you could say, even when it gets thick, um, it gets it actually gets a little bit harder to hunt them in pastures and fields once late season hits. Um, hang on one second, my dog's out here barking. <laughs> <laughs> Normal life stuff. Yeah, right. I would say that's kind of like us. Like as the season goes on, you know, your field edge, 
um, your kind of easier spots get, you know, harder to hunt or harder to be, not harder to hunt, but harder to be successful on. So yeah, that's kind of, you know, why I get the second season tag, you know, kind of use my field edge tactics there. And then we have the fourth season, which would be two weeks later. And I kind of employ my inner woods, um, set up there. So it's just a transition, you know, just like you said. So that's kind of yeah. cool. That's kind of cool it, to hear. It, it actually gets, it actually, it's a little easier to hunt them in the timber later in the season. Um, how late are you guys able to hunt? For turkeys, uh, yeah. May, the season ends May the 15th. What time of day? Every year. Um, oh, we can hunt all day. See, dude, that that's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because kill, I've killed the majority of my turkeys probably from 11 a.m. in between. From about 11 to 3 o'clock in the middle of the day is like money down here. If you find um, that hot one, man, it's over. Now, down here... Like roosting turkeys down here, that's I don't even do it. I don't even try to roost a turkey down here because they just don't gobble. Um, I mean, they will sometimes. You might get lucky, but yeah, middle of the day, it's on fire. We had a hard time um, this year. We had so much rain during season, they mm-hmm. weren't gobbling on the roost for some reason. And then the turkeys that have been there for four years decided, <laughs> you know what? I'm done being here. I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> and it really yeah. screwed our turkey season up. But Yeah, I, I had a I had a hunt. I hunted the last week. It was, I think it was last, yeah, it was last week of turkey season. But um, it was almost like I was hunting like first weekend. And I come into the spot, I was hunting some public land. And I got on three gobblers, three longbeards. And they... I mean, they were hot. I mean, they were killing it, gobbling their brains out. And um, it was, I never like been to this spot. I never like seen it and stepped foot on it. So I was, but I could see and it was still kind of dark. It was getting daylight. And I was like, man, these turkeys on the other side of this hill and there's a big, huge bottom in between me and them. So I'm like, well, I'll just sit right here. So I start going down the hill, you know, but it was burnt. They had burned it off. So it was wide open timber, and uh, I said, "Man, I said this ain't good." They were they were on the other side, you know, on top of the hill, and I, I but I, I was like, I can't get any closer because if I do, they're probably gonna see me. And I just sat I sat up where I thought was the best spot, and they started coming to me a little bit, and then they got to a point where they were like, "Nah, we're not gonna come over there because we can't see a turkey, we don't see a decoy." So. It was uh, it was pretty tough. Yeah, it's like us, man. It, it seems like after the morning when they get in the woods, it, to get them back out on the field is literally impossible. They're they're just in there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Go ahead. I was actually I was actually gonna backtrack, like go back way back. I was gonna say something about the rut and. Uh, I know we kind of 
We kind of got off a of deer and got on turkeys there somehow. Well, that's but. your yeah. thing, man. We I, wanted I you say, to get in your element. I'd like to transition oh. a little bit. With as much YouTube content as you guys got for turkeys, I, oh, yeah. I wanted, well, I wanted I to think, pick your brain a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I do think turkeys is our thing. Like, it's, I was asking them that too. I mean, our, it's a lot tougher to video deer down here, which, I mean, it's tough anywhere, but. It's just to us, it's easier to video turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> we wish that was yeah. The case. We struggle on that, man. <laughs> well, for us, them deer, man, them deer, they, them deer look up in the trees down here. I don't know, if, I don't know if y'all have that problem, but our deer down here, they look up. Well, you need to call real tree and get a good pattern for y'all down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need that that Georgia, that, that Georgia, Georgia peach, print. that Georgia peach pattern. <laughs> You need to get. I wear, I wear. I wear mossy oak. We got some guys that wear real tree, but well, I'm a, I'm a know, mossy oak guy. That's probably your problem. Yeah. If you that's wear, if here. you wear old tree real G, you're fucking. You're solid. You're, you're nothing's gonna see you. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> some of the the old uh, advantage camo. There you go. That's what you need. That's yeah. where it's at. They're they're looking for that digital stuff now. The yep. deer are looking yep. for digital. You got to go back old school, and, and that's where the ticket is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you got to look like a blob in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we we do, man. We love we love turkey hunting, and uh, our like I like I was talking about at the beginning. We got big deer here, but. I mean, we, we, our turkey hunting is way better than deer hunting. Um, it's just easier to me, it seems like. It's more, inter- it's more interactive, more entertaining than deer hunting. Um, so do you do all the editing for Stress South TV? Yeah, I mean, we do. We, we all work on it together. Um, we kind of, we kind of just all tackle it like, Peyton is kind of like our big software guy or, you know, digital guy. He, um, he's got all the computer stuff to do the work on and stuff like that, but we'll, he's um, tech guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds familiar. You got to have one of those. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got a tech guy. Um, which I mean, I, I'm kind of techie too, but really, I mean, it, well, most of the time it kind of just comes down to me and him. We're really the ones that really do the editing stuff, um, and it's fun. I love editing videos. Yeah, it is. Homie, homie crushes it every time. I I did a few, and then homie's like, "I'm taking this over." <laughs> so I do I do a lot of the social media, the lining up, um, the ideas, and homie lays them out on the editing. So we got a good team going here. It is it is nice, you know, just like Caleb, you know, comes on your show or he, even, you know, he talks on Redneck Tech Podcast. Um, you got to shoot to edit, and then your shooting will go down, and then you'll know how you want your video to lay out. And that's something that, you know, Cody and I, have, because, you know, we listen to his podcast ritually, so... Um, we've taken a lot of great information from that and tried to apply it to how we want to shoot our videos. So, um, we shoot to edit now is, and, and 
you know, that was one thing we went into last season. We didn't know exactly how we wanted to present our videos, but definitely going into this year, um, especially with our couple off-season videos, um, we, we're going into this year with a really good idea of how we want to produce our videos and showcase them. So, um, you know, definitely appreciate you having Caleb on because it's just another um, person picking his brain and, you know, having him talk about something that he might have talked might not have talked about on his own show. So definitely appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. And that's like our style. We kind of, that's kind of like, I was glad that we were able to talk to him because, uh, and we talked, I talked to him about it in the podcast with him. And that's our, our kind of style is we get more of that, like homemade video style or homemade video vibe, you know, like, we don't try to go over the top with like super cool shots and with a DSLR and stuff like that. We just kind of basically just get it on camera, so to speak. And, uh, that's just kind of our, it's kind of our style. For sure. If, if you if get you, it on camera, you're doing better than us. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're looking for the cool kids stuff, you better just scroll right on by Whitetail Ladies yeah. Express South. <laughs> just scroll right on by. <laughs> Well, if you want to see, if, if they want to see deer, then they might need to check y'all stuff out. Cause <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing about down here, man. Like a good sit for a deer. Now this is like, if you don't have, which we don't, I mean, all of us, we, we hunt small pieces. Like we got a 20 acre piece here, hundred acre piece there, something like that, you know, and we just don't like, you don't see a bunch of deer every time you hunt. You might see a good evening sit would be four or five deer you know it's just not like yeah. you don't see deer in big numbers down here because they're just so spread out they're not they're not concentrated yeah in certain spots <clears throat> so we've been talking about our content a lot but where if the people want to see your content where can they find you at we are on youtube uh that's really where all of our video content is i mean we do some video stuff on facebook but as far as getting down to just video content it's on youtube and uh but we're on youtube facebook instagram strut south tv and the podcast it's on pretty much everywhere you can get a podcast itunes stitcher tuning radio spotify um easiest way to get the podcast though is just google strut south podcast that way you can pick what platform you want to listen to it on um but yeah we're we're all out there nice man well we appreciate you coming on and uh sharing a little bit of the south and uh creating the friendship between us uh, i can see this going on for for years and <laughs> tracking each other's turkey seasons and we'll be jealous of that and you can be jealous of our deer say, seasons yeah you guys are gonna so. crush us during turkey season yeah, yeah. so uh, <laughs> yeah man i appreciate y'all letting me come on i had a blast Oh man, I'm so glad the air conditioner's back on, bro. <laughs> that that hour podcasting was so brutal, Ugh. so hot in here. It's like 90 out, 95 out right now. So brutal. Um, we appreciate him coming on. It's late down there. He's two hours ahead of us, or an hour. hour. Yeah. So we appreciate him coming on. Um, sounds like of, sounds like it was way hotter down yeah, there than it was. A for lot us. of fun, man. It's cool. Like we said on there, that miles apart, still the same guy trying to kill deer. 
it was cool to relate to the South and get some info of like what he thought the North was like and what we think the South is like than him yeah. to debunk it. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, you get, you probably heard us on his podcast, um, a few weeks before this released. Um, if you haven't heard that yet, go ahead and check out strut South. We were on there a few weeks before this released. And, uh, Basically, you're going to hear more more bullshit about us <laughs> that you probably already heard. But, hey, if you want to check it out through the Strut South uh, podcast on all social media platforms and uh, anywhere you can find a podcast. So the whole Anchor app we had to do, that was some next-level stuff. I know, I know. He thinks our oh. stuff's next-level. I had to download an app and select it and okay stuff and I know, I type about, in a code. I about had to step in and was like, are we going to do this The or tech not? guy almost had to come in, but I got her sealed. But. I was proud of you. I was proud. All right. We hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of the team series. We have a few more coming on. We're going to split it in with the legends and another series that is not coming out yet, but we're super jacked for. So we're going to have three series running at the same time. We're going to separate them so we can keep our sanity and you guys know what's going on. Um, try to get out there. Um, try to meet a new hunter this week. Yeah. Try to make a hunter friend. Um, if me and homie would have never sat at the same tra- table, we never would have been doing this podcast. That's right. all it takes. Uh, try to leave a legacy and wipe the legacies out.